This is episode 24 of the Strength Running Podcast, another behind-the-scenes coaching call where you can listen in as I help George plan his training. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Jason Fitzgerald, the head coach of Strength Running, and I'm excited about this episode because we're following up with George, the star of episode number six. If you haven't yet yet listened to that episode, please do. It's a really great discussion of how George should structure his training over the course of an entire season, and I think you'll pull a lot of valuable insights and lessons that you can then apply to your own running. And back to today, George is back on the podcast. He's a team strength running member, and we're talking about how his training went after our first conversation. Did my advice work out? Did he end up running a PR in the half? We're going to walk through his season, see how his tune-up races went, what worked really well, what could be improved, and what's next for George. These episodes are a little bit more personal and a little less scripted. This is not an interview. It's a conversation between a runner and a coach. And I hope you enjoy it. Let's get started. What I really want to do is talk about your just entire experience with not just our previous conversation, but all everything we talked about, you know, all the different training changes, um, you know, your uh, how your half marathon went, uh, what kind of results you got from that. And uh, and then we can kind of, you know, see how things went and, and maybe tweak the approach for next time. And um, think about some, some next, next steps forward for you. Yeah. All right. So during our last conversation, we talked a lot about your, your training and your upcoming goals. So let's give us, let's give our readers, I'm sorry, our listeners, a reminder. What, what were you training for when we last spoke? Well, the last time I just finished the Dublin Marathon and uh, I was trying to decide what I should train for next. And by the end of our conversation, you had uh, suggested I try some shorter, faster races and then not do another marathon until the autumn this year. So uh, so I've gone with that plan. I first trained for. a half marathon uh, over the last 16 week, weeks, well, 18 now, I'm two weeks after the half marathon. And my plan is next I'll target a 5K in about end of June, beginning of July, and uh, and then do a 16-week cycle through to, to the Dublin Marathon in October this year. Okay, that sounds like a good approach. So when we spoke, and that was way back on episode six, if if I'm not mistaken, um, you were getting ready to kind of go through this new training cycle, focus more on um, shorter races, build up your speed. What were some of the uh, tune-up races that you did leading up to your half? And also, what were some of the training changes that we discussed? Yeah, well, I I switched to two workouts a week and um, two workouts, one long run. And and then through the 16 weeks, I've put in um, one, two, three 5Ks, a 10K, a 10-mile race, and then the half marathon. Strangely, I didn't get – in the three 5K races – I mean, I didn't I didn't have a taper before any of them. I just treated them as part of the training, but I never quite got to my personal best of last August, 
when I was preparing for the marathon, uh, the Dublin marathon last year. Um, and I was a little bit, little bit anxious, you know, was, was the training working or not? Um, then the, uh, and then the 10 K race, which was at week eight, um, I ran it faster than I ran that race last year by about a minute. Uh, but again, I didn't quite get to the, uh, personal best I set on the way to the, to the Dublin marathon last year, but that was on a, that was on a different course, a fl flatter course. Um, and then I had another 5k on week 12. And again, I was 15 seconds off my personal best. But when I got to week 14, I had a 10 mile race and that just went like a dream. Uh, I ran at the pace that I, I had planned for the first seven miles. and I felt great. And then for the last three miles, I just treated it like a 5k and I just really went for it. And, uh, that, that was I ended up three and a half minutes faster than I had run that 10 mile race last year. Wow. Um, and, uh, you know, I, th th that uh, after the little doubts that I had developed around the, 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 the 5Ks, that that gave me the confidence going into the half marathon uh, that it was going to be all right. Um, on our Facebook page, I had a bit of a discussion with some of the other uh, members there about um what pace I should should go for in the half marathon, and because I I had low at the end of the ten mile I had loads left, you know I, I um, it it finished on on a local track and uh, but the the route from the path we were running on onto the track was a sort of a muddy uh, little path that would cut across, and I slipped a bit there and lost my footing, and a, a young guy overtook me, and um, I I just took off after he was about 20 or 30 meters ahead of me by the time we got onto the track proper. And I took off after him and we had a big sprint down the, the, the last straight. And I, I caught up about 50 meters on him, ended up about 20 meters in front of him uh, at the finish. So, I mean, I said to other people on the Facebook page, if I had a big sprint left at the end, that was probably indicative that, uh, I was go it was aiming for a seven minute 50 pace in the 10 miler. Um, and then the, la the last three miles I was going at sort of 720. Uh, and then that last bit, Strava reckoned I was going at round about five and a half minute miles down that last straight, which oh, is sort boy. of weird for me. So yeah, uh, there's, there's a lot to unpack there. I think first and yeah. foremost, um, Congratulations on the really great 10-mile race. Any race that finishes on a track makes you feel like an Olympian. Everyone gathers there. They're cheering for you. You get these great sprint finishes. Uh, I've done a bunch of 5Ks that have finished on a uh, track, and they're just so much fun. Um, yeah. Now, I do want to talk about, you know, you, you had you had a really great tune-up race schedule leading up to your half marathon. And, you know, a bunch of 5Ks, a 10K, then this 10-miler. And it seemed like you were overall were getting progressively better as you were doing more tune-up races. And ultimately, the 10-miler, uh, you, you did great. And then we'll, we'll get to your half marathon. But, you know, spoiler alert, you ran a PR at that race too. Um, but one of the things that I'm not too surprised to hear is that you were close to your 5K PR, but you weren't quite there. You know, yeah. one of the things that we changed during this training cycle was adding a second quality day to your training week. So you were doing 
uh, a lot more intensity than you might have been doing a, a, roughly a year ago or so when you were training for the marathon and you know you ran a 5k and a 10k PR so you know my hunch is that you were just simply tired uh, and the fact that you ran on a different road race course for the 10k you know road races are hard you almost can't really compare different courses to each other just with the number of turns and sharp turns hills and, and all that um, you know there's there's a lot of variability there it's not a, such a standardized event like, you know, 10,000 meters on the track, for example. Um, so yeah, I'm not too surprised about the slower 5Ks, but you know, the fact that you were doing half marathon training, you were doing more speed workout per week, which is just going to make you more tired. And, and ultimately you get those benefits, but you don't really start realizing them until you start resting. You really need to let the body adapt to all of that hard work and really absorb it and then rest a little bit so that you super compensate and then can really take advantage of it and use it uh, during a race. So not too surprised there. Um, you know, early season races, especially uh, a race like a 5K that's so much shorter than your goal race of the half marathon. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised and I wouldn't be worried about it if something like that happens in the future. Um, but, but overall, I really like the tune up race schedule that you did, you know, your races got progressively longer and more specific to the half marathon. So your tune up races were getting more specific to the goal race, which is always a nice progression and, and way of doing things. Um, now how did the, uh, how did the extra workouts go that we implemented in your training cycle? Were you, um, you know, really fatigued and sore from that at the very beginning or, or how did that feel? I found, um, the, 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 uh, repeats. I mean, I, I, I generally went to, a, a a local old track that's on the edge of a park and it's just open to anybody, but it's just an old dirt track. Um, you know, it's not, it's not a modern spongy one. Um, so I generally ran the repeats, the, uh, the flat repeats there and I ran the hill repeats, uh, in an, in another park that has a nice steep hill. Uh, and I, I enjoyed those. If anything, I probably ran them too fast. The tempo runs I started to dread and I, I always felt like I'm not going to be able to keep that pace up for three miles. I'm, you know, I'm, and in the event, I usually, usually the first mile was tough and then I'd, I'd get into the pace and, and I, you know, and I would do the three miles at, at tempo pace. But even, even having done that week after week, so the, the, the repeats on the track were, were, went great, but the, the tempo runs I started to dread. And uh, I always felt like I wasn't going to be able to get to the pace. Um, in the event, I, I, you know, I would do the first mile maybe a little bit off tempo pace, and then I would do three miles at tempo. But even even though week after week I did manage to do it, I still found myself dreading them. Um, um, but but afterwards, I felt pretty good. Um, I mean, the days the days when I ran too fast on the track. Yeah, I, I had tired legs the next day, and I was I was glad it was an easy day to follow them. But I sort of expected that. Now, were you hesitant at all about you know the the additional workouts and and the new approach that we implemented in your training because you weren't running as well as you were maybe hoping in those early season five Ks? Were you you know uh, I, I keep wanting to say hesitant, but, you know, did you, did you think I was crazy for making you do what, what I had you do or uh, were you just on board from the beginning? 
Well, I was pretty much on board. I mean, the as you said, the the 10K went better. The 10K week, the week of the 10K was week eight, and um, that sort of I, I I tried to put a little taper in there, and then uh, family family responsibilities intruded, and that week sort of fell apart, um, and I end that ended up being being a huge you know i ended up skipping two workouts just before the 10k so as you said i probably was rested for the 10k which was the better result the other weeks i was i was feeling as i was reaching the higher mileage and higher intensity you know i was feeling that uh, familiar tiredness of of doing a heavy uh, training load but i was pretty much you know staying with the plan other than other than week eight where it fell apart and i only did 22 miles that week instead of 50 um but all, all the other weeks I, I pretty much stuck with stuck with the plan i i found the if anything the the um uh sunday long runs where 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 i would my doubts would you know i'd be at mile 14 of a 16 mile long run thinking there must be a better way to spend a sunday afternoon <laughs> uh, but um but 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 you know in the in the high intensity workouts i was enjoying the novelty of being on the track and running fast and um uh, i i i would say i i i pretty much enjoyed it some of the workouts were like a uh 10 mile run with two miles of tempo and then get to the track and do six re- repetitions on the track and then uh, uh three or four miles easy home and um they were pretty intense with the tempo workout first and then the repetitions. Yeah, that is a diabolical workout. Um, I'm not going to apologize for making you do it though, George, because it, it, it worked. You're getting faster and that's great. Uh, now the other thing that I noticed is, you know, your five Ks that you, you did in your training cycle, they were pretty early. They were definitely in the first half, if not, you know, the first third, uh, or so of, of the training cycle. And, you know, not only are you not specifically training for a 5K, you're not really tapering or resting before any of these tune-up races, but, you know, they're early in the training season. They're at a point when, you know, you're doing workouts that are more geared towards the base phase of training. You're not doing uh, the really speedy kind of stuff that is going to uh, be much more beneficial for for the 5,000-meter distance. Uh, And you know, you're just not primed to be racing at your best. So, you know, I would actually be more encouraged by you being roughly 15 seconds or so slower than your 5k PR that early in the season in a half marathon training cycle. I think that's uh, very encouraging, you know, for, for a lot of people, they're not going to, they're not going to be able to run close to their 5k PR. If they're that early in the season, they're not training for the 5k, they're simply not primed to run at their best. And, you know, if we consider that personal bests are outliers by definition, you know, they are the fastest time that you have ever run in your entire life. Or, you know, if, you know, I know that you did a lot of running very early in life and, you know, you took a, you know, multiple decade break. So, you know, we can look at uh, recent PRs, but yeah. you know, they're, they are outliers. And so I think that's something to just, just to keep in mind and also, uh, something that you can be encouraged by. I think, you know, the 5k that you have coming up, uh, in July, you're going to be able to, to, I, I'd be very surprised if you weren't able to run a personal best considering that you are so close 
to a, to a PR this early uh, in your 5K cycle. All right, now let's uh, let's move on to the half because that was the whole point of this training cycle was to run a faster half marathon. Now, um, no, first actually, now was that ten mile race that you ran? Was that a uh, a personal best? Because you did run. You, you mentioned was it two and a half or three and a half minutes faster than the year before? Y- yes, that well, I've only run ten miles that race last year and and this one. Were the only two 10 mile races I've run, but yes, it was three and a half minutes faster. Last year it was uh, just over 80 minutes, and this year it was 77. 77 and one second. Oh, that's so close to being under 77 minutes, but yeah. I, I have a lot of PRs like that. You know, my 5K PR is 1602, my 3000 yeah. meter PR is 904, and those will forever haunt me because they're just not under that <laughs> extra minute <laughs> barrier. But uh, so, so the half marathon, you raced the half, how did it go? It, it, it went well. It, uh, after the discussion with other people about the pace, I was, it's cause seven fifty had been, uh, came out to be my average pace, I think on the, on the 10 mile. So I was thinking I'll, I'll go out at seven fifty pace per, per mile and, um, and, try and pick it up in the last uh, 5k because um, uh, I, I always think it's quite neat the way a, a, a half marathon is a 10 mile race with a 5k on the end so so I was thinking I'll, I'll do the 10 miles at, at 750 and then I'll just go as fast as I can in the la- last 3.1 the the after a bit of discussion with other people who were saying well if I could if I could sprint at the end of the 10 mile maybe I should go a bit faster. I I I I tweaked that to say well 750 would be a sort of a ceiling and I would try and rather than trying to get down to it I would try and stay below it and and that's pretty much uh what w- what I uh managed to do um the the um I mean allowing for the hills I um uh, I went out sort of 746, 753 was a bit of a hill, 737, 752, 743, 742. I was just staying there in the in the roundabout 745 uh, pace. And then the, the way the Larne Marathon goes, they, they take us round the streets of the town at first. And then after about three miles, we get onto the coast road. And it's a lovely run along a coast road with the sea on one side and view, you know a view across to scotland in the distance and um we were i was just cruising along the the coast road and then at, at uh, just after halfway they take us inland up a hill round and back down onto the same coast road again and back into the town so up that hill i dropped down to about uh eight and a half minute pace on this on the steepest part of the hill um you know the way Strava gives you a gradient adjusted pace. So Strava reckoned that eight and a half minutes was equivalent to seven forty seven. So after the event, I was able to to uh, look at that in retrospect and say eight and a half minutes up that hill was just dead right on my my effort level. Um, and then coming down the other side, I picked up a bit of speed, got down to seven thirty, and. Um, then as as I got past the ten mile mark, I I I tried to pick up the pace, didn't manage to pick it up much, um, uh, but in the last mile I got down to seven minutes thirty pace, and uh, the last four hundred meters or so I was 
going for a big finish along the the seafront. Um, Strava clocked me at seven minutes twenty on that last point one of a mile. Um, sorry, six, six minutes twenty on that la- uh, last point one of a mile. Um, so overall, it was. Um, about one minute uh, fifty off the the my per- personal best for the half marathon from last uh, August, and about two and a half minutes faster than I ran that course this time last year. So uh, I was I mean as I was it was one one hour forty two and seventeen seconds I think was the final time. I mean as I was going along along the coast road and. Uh, all those seven minute 40 something miles were going by. I was dreaming that maybe I would break one hour 40. Um, but that's just the sort of dream that keeps you going. Um, when it's, when the legs are starting to hurt. <laughs> yeah. I've always found that, you know, when I'm in a race, you know, there's the the first half when you're wondering if you can maintain this pace and you have all these doubts, but the more, you know, you go through the race and the longer you're able to run at that pace, the more excited you get on, you know, being able to maintain it. And then you start thinking, wow, you know, I'm in PR territory here and you get more excited and then you're more likely to, to take some more risks and be a little bit more aggressive with your pace. So you ran this half at a faster pace than you ran the 10 mile race, uh, which really goes to show how much, you know, resting before, uh, a big race can really help your finish time. And I think the fact that, you know, the support you got from our team strength running members, you know, telling you that, you know, because you were able to run so fast for the last couple miles of that 10 mile race, you know, that goes to show that that 750 average pace you are running probably, you know, th- there's opportunity there for you to be even faster. So you can be a little bit more aggressive with your your half marathon pacing, which is what you did. And it seems like it worked out really, really well. And from what, I, what I'm hearing about your, uh, your pacing on the hills and, you know, the kind of grade adjusted pace that Strava give, gives you, uh, that's right in line with, you know, the kind of strategy that I like to tell runners when it comes to running hills, whether that's on an easy run or during a race, you have to focus on effort. Because pace is obviously just not going to be as relevant when you're running up a long steep hill or down a long steep hill. You're going to be faster on the downhill. You're going to be slower on the uphill. You know, so what is, you know, where do we put your pace in these situations? It's really hard because, you know, it kind of depends on the length of the hill, the grade of the hill, whether or not it's, it's undulating. So it can be really steep at some points and then level off and be less steep. So I think focusing on effort and running the same effort up the hill, you know, pace is obviously going to slow down is exactly the right strategy that you should implement in a longer race, like a half marathon. Uh, I think the longer the race, the more appropriate this, this advice is, you know, if you were running a 5k and you have a big hill at, at, you know, two and a half miles into that race, there's oppor- there's, there's some opportunity there for you to really hammer that hill. You don't have to run the same pace. You know, you have about a half mile left. So, you know, you can be way more aggressive. You can go into a little bit more oxygen debt. You can take that risk and put yourself out on a limb uh, with a short race like that. But, you know, with a half marathon, you don't really want to go into oxygen debt at all uh, in, in a race where you're running slower than tempo pace, unless you're an elite athlete. So that that's a really good strategy. Um, now, 
what happened after the half? When, when you finished, was, was this like a crushing type of PR where you had to curl up in a ball for half an hour like I did after my first half marathon PR? <laughs> It, well, immediately after, no, I was, I met other people. I mean, there was about 2000 people in the race. So I, I met other, uh, runners I know at the finish and within, I don't know, well, 30, the first 30 seconds after crossing the line, I was clinging to the railings to catch my breath because I had a big sprint. Uh, but, uh, within about 30 seconds, I was chatting to, to other runners, um, and, I, I, immediately afterwards, I, I was able to be sociable. The next day, I really felt it. Uh, I uh, I went out for uh, uh, I, I had sort of planned to do three or four miles easy running. The next day, um, I did a long walk, um, uh, and um, I, I mean, I, I I did feel like a, a, a herd of buffalo had run me over. <laughs> I know the feeling. I remember uh, the second half marathon I ran. It was the end of my season, and I thought it was a great idea to go out for martinis with a bunch of my friends. And I'm not a martini kind of person, but <laughs> I just thought, you know, hey, when in Rome. And I had way too many martinis. I think I got like six hours of sleep. And the next day, I was more sore than I was after any other race in my entire life. And it rivals the soreness that I experienced after any future marathons. So uh, I guess pro tip, don't go out drinking the night of a race and get very little sleep because you will regret it later on. <laughs> yes. George, I guess cool. my final question for you is, what did you learn from this whole experience? And and I guess not just the training and the racing, but, you know, coming on the podcast earlier in episode six and, and talking to me more about, uh, you know, your training and approach to this half and all the different uh, changes that we made to your, your plan. Was that helpful? What kind of lessons are you going to bring to uh, your running in the future? And, and how, how is that all going to work for you? Well, I suppose the other thing that I, I, I didn't mention that I was more consistent about this time, um, last time I sort of glossed over uh, the strength training because um, before my marathon in October, I, I hadn't been very conscious. I hadn't been as uh, as consistent about the strength training as I had about the running. I mean, I'd, I I had done a perfect uh running a, a perfect training cycle from a running point of view done every workout before the marathon but i had skipped a lot of the after run uh strength sessions this time around i was i was more conscientious about those and i think that did make a difference um and uh you know i think i i I, I was I was as as uh, consistent about the strength training as I was about the running. So that's that's one thing I think has definitely helped that I'll, I'll carry forward. And and the two workouts a week I think worked uh, for me. Um, I mean, my question that's hanging over now is is what's a good plan for the 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 sixteen weeks leading up to this five k? Should I? Go with a similar uh, a similar plan to the one that I've just used, but substitute, you know, mile pace for the five k pace and five k pace for the ten k pace and the repetitions. Would that um, would a simple change like that work? Or yeah, that's a great question. Um, 
So my, my gut, my gut answer is no, I wouldn't have you do that just because, you know, when you start changing the paces around, you typically have to also change the distance of the repetitions around. Um, so if you're running, let's say 800 meters at 5k pace, and now you're training for a 5k. So you want to, you know, run faster workouts, which makes sense. So just changing that workout to 800 meter repetitions at mile pace makes it kind of an impossible workout. You know, running 800 meters or a half a mile at your mile pace is a grueling sadistic type of workout to, to give your athletes. And, um, you know, you're only going to be able to do a couple of those 800 reps before you're just completely gassed. So it would require a little bit of a, of a different approach. Uh, I think two workouts a week is, a good approach for the 5k. Uh, you know, I, I just posted something on Twitter talking about, you know, when someone is adding in a second workout to their training schedule, it's best to be more, way more conservative with that second workout. So for example, let's just say, you know, you have a workout on Monday and, uh, you know, on a scale of one to 10, the difficulty level of that workout is maybe a seven. Well, if you're new to two workouts a week, you don't want to add a second workout that's of a similar intensity. You want to make it a little bit easier because your body is not used to running hard twice a week. You might be used to running hard once a week during your workout and then running long once a week on the weekend for your long run. But it's much more helpful to when you're first adding in that second session to make sure that it's relatively easy. So, you know, it might just be you know, uh, uh, a sh very short tempo run or a progression. Uh, and that's if it's more aerobic, if you want it a, a faster type of workout, you know, you might do four times 200 or six times 200 at your, uh, your 5k pace or your mile pace. And once you're, you're ready for more intensity, once you've slowly and gradually built up the volume of that second workout, then you can start running faster repetitions. Um, so that's a little bit of a background on my approach to someone adding in a second workout. For you specifically, George, I think training now for a 5K is going to let you um, maintain two workouts a week. Uh, I, I don't think you necessarily have to do two sessions, two faster sessions a week for the entire 16-week training cycle. You might want to take the first two to four weeks in the beginning just to do one workout a week, you know, keep things relatively easy during, you know, the more base phase of training oriented early weeks. And then once you start getting into the, uh, you know, uh, the middle third of the training program, that's when you can start adding in that, that second workout. Um, but I think it's a good idea, similar to what we discussed for your half marathon training to have one workout that's more aerobic oriented you know, a tempo run, a fast finish run, a progression, something along those lines. And then one workout that's much more uh, speed oriented. So you might be running 5k pace, mile pace. Um, you know, maybe you're doing some, some workouts where you're running some 10k paced repetitions, um, you know, just as another support pace for the 5k. Uh, and then, you know, as the training plan progresses, you can shift the focus so that you're doing less work at, you know, around tempo pace and more work around 5k mile pace. So the general trend of the, in the entire season kind of goes from more aerobic with a little bit of speed to much more speed with only a little bit of aerobic oriented workouts. Um, and, and that's just, you know, kind of basic periodization, but I think it's going to help you, um, you know, have a really good 16 week training cycle. Cause I think with the shorter race of a 5k, 
if you just jump into that training cycle with two hard workouts a week and very early season tune-up races, you know, you run the risk of, you know, burning out uh, early in that training season. So you might be 10, 12 weeks in and you just feel fried. You're fatigued. You're not hitting any of your paces. Um, you know, hesitant to say it's classic overtraining syndrome. It might be a lot more mental, but you know, you might have some elements of, of overtraining, uh, if, you know, you kind of just dive into a high level of intensity very early on in, in the training. So that was my big brain dump on kind of, uh, two workouts a week and, and how to generally structure, uh, a 5k training cycle. You know, there's a lot of different variables, very much depends on individual fitness levels and where your tune-up races are and how much time you have to train and all that. Uh, but you know, for someone like you, George, you're used to high mileage running, you've run, you know, over 80 miles a week, uh, at some points in your training, you're used to two workouts a week. So I wouldn't get too far away from that. I mean, one of the things that, you know, I try to impress upon runners all the time is, you know, to get to the next level in your training, uh, or in your racing more specifically, you have to keep doing new and better and, and more substantial things in your training. You know, if you want to run, you know, if you want to go from 21 minutes to 2030 in the 5k, well, what in your training indicates that you're ready to make a 30 second improvement? Are you running more mileage? Are you running more workouts? Are you running faster workouts? Are you just training more consistently? You know, there needs to be some sort of, uh, increase in the training or improvement in the training to allow improvement in your racing. So, uh, I think if you can look at your training and just look at, okay, what can I improve? Uh, and you know, because you haven't trained specifically for a 5k, uh, in a while, you know, I don't think you really need to do a lot more mileage or, you know, make your workouts that much, much more difficult. I think the consistency factor is going to be really important for you, George. Right. I, I, I looked at the, uh, advanced 5k training plan on the, um, uh, uh, on the strength running uh, website, and it doesn't seem like enough miles for me. You are admittedly a very high mileage runner. Um, yeah. So for someone I mean, like you, uh, you're probably going to want to run six or seven days a week. So you know you might want to add in another day of training to to that yeah. schedule. Uh, yeah, it mo mostly seems to be two. Yeah, two days, two rest days. In fact, some weeks, week twelve is three rest days. Well, I, people week twelve is probably a recovery days? week. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Right, but, so. but all the others, there's two rest. So I, I could stick another um, another session in the in 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 the second rest day because I'm I'm coming off an average of of fifty with a peak over sixty uh, in the last training cycle. So I feel like I want to stay at that sort of mileage or, or or should i should i just accept i'm i'm doing more fast work so it should be fewer miles or uh i think that you can start around 45 ish miles per week and then uh that would be at the very beginning of the training plan and then yeah. you know by the peak weeks yeah. closer to the end of the program you know be be around 65 i, I think that's a fine approach um, and, and you're going to be able to get a lot of the miles in with a good long run. Uh, cause I yeah. know, you know, you, really your long-term goal, your, your big long-term goal is a faster marathon. So yes. I, I think it's still beneficial in 5k training 
to still do a pretty substantial long run. You know, a lot of people are saying, oh, I'm only training to run 3.1 miles, so my long run can be five miles. Well, <laughs> that's not exactly how it works, and you're going to get a lot more fitness out of your training if you're running, you know, 15 miles for your long run. You know, I think it's very telling that if we look at a lot of elite athletes who are competing in mid-distance events of, say, the 1,500 meters or the mile, they're doing long runs that are 14, 15, 16 miles. So I think, you know, granted they're, they're elite runners, they're professionals, but, you know, the principle here is that long runs have a place in virtually any training program, even if you're training for a very short race like the mile. So, George, I think even though you're training for the 5K, if you were to have a long run, you know, somewhere around the, the 15 mile mark, uh, that right. is only going to help your running. Uh, and the thing with 5k training too, is, you know, you can do some of those long runs as quality long runs. So you can, uh, either do a fast finish or maybe a progression at the end. Uh, another way to do, do it is over the last couple miles of the long run. So when you're already a little bit tired, you can do a fart lick. You know, keep it relatively easy. You don't need to be running 5K pace at the end of a long run, but, you know, maybe 10K pace or tempo pace for, you know, uh, you know, somewhere around six to 15 minutes worth of total fart like running, you know, six times two minutes, eight times one minute, five times three minutes, something along those lines uh, in the last couple miles of a long run is really going to help you. Um, get a, a lot of extra aerobic benefit from this kind of uh, a long run. And it's going to help you to learn how to run fast on tired legs. So it's a really good kind of what I would call a support type of workout for the 5k. Right. But a, a definitely another day of running is also a good idea for you, George, then, you know, f you know, five or six days a week. Uh, I think you should transition to six or seven days a week. Um, peak at about 65 miles with the goal of getting up to two hard workouts per week, but you don't want to be there right at the beginning. The, the, the other thing I, I probably should mention about the, the, the workouts in the cycle I've just done, I was always running faster than the pace that the plan set. I'd get home and I'd, you know, I'd download the times off the stopwatch and work out, you know, what the equivalent was. And if I was supposed to be running at my 5K pace, I, you know, I'd have come back from the track having done eight laps and I'd maybe have gone, uh, you know, at the equivalent, where my 5K pace is about seven minutes, 10 at my personal best. And I would come back having run, run laps at the equivalent of 6.55. And usually the last two, I would put in a effort, special effort and they'd be maybe another... 20 seconds faster than that. I mean, in terms of mile pace, well, am I spoiling those sessions by running, you know, I mean, generally I would be set, I would set out thinking, thinking I was running at 5k pace and I'd just be stopping the watch and, you know, saving the times uh, as they went through. It was only be afterwards when I sit down and look at them, you know, it wasn't that I was trying to outdo the pace, but is that a good thing or a bad thing or uh, it can be either. So I think uh, if you're a little bit fast, no big deal, especially if it's the last couple repetitions uh, where, you know, if you're feeling good, of course, if you can be a couple seconds fast on a 400 meter repetition and you're not going to ruin the workout by any means. Uh, if you're substantially fast, so let's say, you know, a 7-10 mile pace, you're, you're looking to run about 147 per 400 meter repetition 
if you're all of a sudden running 137, so 10 seconds faster per 400, you know, about 630 mile pace, I, I think that's a little bit too fast. You do want to make sure that you're training at the appropriate paces. Um, you know, if you're way too sore after a workout like that, then that's a good indication that you ran too fast. Uh, if you're struggling with a lot of injuries and you're running your workouts really fast, that's an indication uh, that you need to slow down a little bit. But I think for the most part, as long as you're not too fast, you know, it's, it's kind of this issue of, you know, it's a spectrum. You can be too slow. You can be right on the mark. You could be too fast, but you can also be somewhere in the middle. You know, you can be a little bit fast and that's fine. Uh, you could be a little bit slow and that's fine too. Um, you know, at a certain point, if you're a second or two off, your body doesn't really know the difference. And, um, you know, with a 400 meter repetition, being two seconds off your goal pace is like being 10 seconds off the mile pace. So it yeah. does seem like it's a lot faster, but because that time is kind of added up over more, more distance for the, for the full mile pace, then I don't think it's as big of a deal. I mean, I've, I've just pulled up my training diary uh, for one particular workout where I was, I was going maybe a 145 when I should have been doing 140 eight uh for the first you know 145 145 142 and then i did a 139 140 145 and then 140 132 uh for 400 repetitions so the the fact that i i could do the last two fast sort of always reassured me that i wasn't going to you know i think the the thing I've read that the danger of running too fast in repetitions is that you're going to spoil the workout by not being able to to keep that pace up and the last few will get slower. Um, but the fact that I was able to put in a, extra effort in the last two sort of reassure, used to reassure me. Yeah, it is, it is a nice little confidence boost and it will give you a little bit more um, confidence going into a race or another workout that not only are you able to hit your goal paces, but you're able to run a little bit faster. Um, so, you know, I think being that fast is, you know, you might be venturing into the territory of it being too fast, but then with that said, of course you did run a PR, you didn't get injured. You had what, you know, by all accounts, a fantastic training season. So, you know, the other issue too is now you set PRs in the 10 mile distance. You set PRs in the half marathon distance. Now you're a better runner. So your training paces can be updated and made to more uh, accurately reflect your current fitness level. And that's going to mean they get faster. So, you know, a, a 142.17 half marathon, you know, an equivalent performance over the 5K, you know, is about 22 minutes, maybe 22.10. So, that is a little bit faster than your current 5k PR. So, you know, now that if, you know, you're running 5k pace on the track in this next training cycle, you know, I think you should do 5k pace and goal 5k pace. And your 5k pace can be more along the lines of, uh, 145 to 147 per 400 meter, which is about seven minutes to 708 mile pace. And then, you know, you should have a slightly faster goal 5K pace of, you know, maybe, maybe running 21 minutes. So if you're running 21 minutes, you know, your average mile, uh, your average mile pace is obviously a lot faster. Let's see exactly what that pace is. Of course, I'm not going to be able to do this math in my head. So I'll rely on my fancy 
calculator here, and that is six forty six per uh, per mile for a twenty one yep. minute five k. So now I think you can you can be more, you know, so fourteen seconds under that. That's you know closer to one forty one, one forty two. So yeah, I think your goal five k five k pace can now be one forty to one forty two per four hundred. Um, and now that you're training specifically for the 5k, you know, you're going to be doing, you know, longer workouts. You're not going to be doing just 400 meter repetitions at 5k pace. You know, you can be running, uh, 600 or 800 meter repetitions at 5k pace. And that does make it a lot harder. You know, you may, you might be able to run a 140, 400 pretty easily, but then you start moving that same pace up in distance and it gets a lot harder to then run a 320 800 same pace but it's double the distance so it's right. a lot more challenging um, but i think having kind of a split 5k pace between your current 5k pace and your goal 5k pace is, is a really good way to force your body to get faster over the course of the training cycle too yeah that sounds good uh, um, I'm i'm looking at or I was hearing you say 21 minutes and just shaking my head that that seems unimaginable. But then then 18 months ago, 22 minutes seemed unimaginable. Um, yeah, that's the great thing about getting faster is that you start, you know, being really comfortable doing things that you previously thought were impossible. And it's uh, this I think it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy of, of getting faster. You know, you get more excited about training, you get more excited about racing whenever you get faster. And so the faster you get, you know, the more into running you get. And it's a, it's a great, uh, cycle that kind of feeds on itself. Yes. All right, George. Well, I hope, uh, this has been fun for you. It's definitely been fun for me. I always love doing these kinds of uh, postmortems after a successful training cycle and hearing about what went really well and what you learned from it and what you're going to then uh, implement and change in your upcoming training plan. So thanks so much for being here. All right. No, thanks for having me. All right, George. Well, take care. And for our listeners, um, I will say that uh, George is uh, one of our um, most prominent members in team strength running. And I just want to give him a public shout out for, uh, being such a great member and contributing so much to uh, the team and offering so much support to all of our members. So thank you, George. I, I got a lot back as well. <laughs> all right, George, take care. Okay. Thanks, Jason. Bye. A big thanks to George for coming back on the show and following up with us about his training and how it all went after talking strategy with me in episode six. He set PRs in the 10K, 10 miles, and the half marathon. So a big congrats to George for all the hard work he put in over this last season. Finally, before you head out today, I would be super appreciative of a review on iTunes. If you dig the show, a review is the best way to let me know so that I can keep making more episodes. Thanks again. We'll talk soon. <laughs>